Genesis chapter 12. I want to begin with verse 5. Now, in Genesis chapter 12, we have the call of Abram and God telling him to uh, get out of that land. And so after the call, it says in verse 5, Then Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan, and Abraham passed, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Morah, and the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. Notice, And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And so he moved on from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there. For the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass... When he was close to entering Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. And therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. So it was when Abram came to Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very beautiful. And the princes of Pharaoh also saw her and committed her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house, and he treated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you've done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here's your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him and sent him away with his wife and all that he had. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're about in our life, in our church. And just uh, teach us from your word tonight. And Lord, uh, let us take it and grow from it. And uh, protect those who are sick and afflicted and heal them. In Christ's name, amen. Um, National Public Radio carried uh, uh, this story. Uh, and it was a story about America's first commercial jet service. It was started in 1958, and it was the Boeing 707. And one passenger, as they were sitting on the tarmac getting ready to take off, they were not on a Boeing. They were on an old twin-engine uh, prop plane. And he began to talk to the fellow and said, you heard about these new jets? And it just so happened it was one of the Boeing engineers sitting beside him. He said, oh, yes. So I worked on that plane. They're just marvelous. He began to give him all the specs and how much lift there was on the plane and how fast they would go and this and that. And the, the passenger was just enthralled. He said, well, have you got to fly on it yet? And the guy said, well, I think I'll let it be in service a couple of months before I fly on it. <laughs> See, we can all talk about faith. But it's not until we fly that we use faith, okay? For some of us more than others, right, Brother Ronnie? That's right. But we need to understand that, see, if we're not willing to put our lives where our mouth is, it's really not faith. And so we come to where Abraham's faith is tested. And you need to understand, and I need to understand, that true faith is often tested by circumstances, 
True faith is often tested by circumstances. So what happens when we're confused by the circumstances? When we step out in faith and think we're doing exactly what God told us to do, and yet things just sort of go a little bit haywire. So there's three things tonight we're supposed to do. First of all, we should worship when we're confused by circumstances. We should worship. In verses 5 through 9, it talks about that. Uh, He tells Abraham to go on. Now, you see, the test was this. Abraham passed this first test. He told him, get out of that land. You go on. And Abraham passed it with flying colors. He went home. He gathered up his family, gathered up his possessions. And he was going to wherever uh, God was taking him to a land that he had not seen, that God was going to show him. And so he passed that test with a resounding yes. Now, think about it. He left all of his family behind. He left what was comfortable behind. He left what was known behind. In other words, he is being stretched. His faith is being pulled. But he passes that test to do what God told him to do. But do we realize the test wasn't over? Okay. There were going to be extenuating circumstances. And a lot of times our initial test is passed also. But what about the time when the testing is prolonged? What about the time when the test lasts longer than we think it should? What about the time when we're a little bit confused because we know we're doing what God said, but things just really aren't working the way we thought they were supposed to work? That's the test that we're supposed to do it. There's also the trouble. Abraham's in the land of Canaan. It's a time of turmoil, maybe confusing. He arrives in the land that God said he's going to show him, a land God's going to give him, and the Canaanites are in the land. Now, that doesn't mean anything to us, but what it really meant was, here's a bunch of warlike people in strong, fortified cities. How in the world is God going to give Abram the land? It doesn't make sense. God, you told me to follow you, leave everything behind, and I did. And what happens when I get here? There's Canaanites everywhere. And they were a bad bunch of folks. So he's a little bit scratching his head. I would imagine while he's scratching his head, Sarai is giving him an earful. Don't know that, but maybe. Yeah. But it gets worse, you see. All the best land, because he is a a herdsman, all the best land is taken. So now he's got to scrounge around and find enough to feed his flocks. It gets a little bit worse because as he's there, there's famine in the land. Things are not easy. Even though he's just trying to serve God, even though he's been totally obedient and done what God said to do, the circumstances are confusing. And so what do you do in that? The truth is this. In our text, it says two different times, in the midst of those confusing circumstances, he built an altar. That means he worshiped. You see, when we think we're in the middle of God's will and things are confusing us, it's time to slow down, it's time to stop and worship the God who called us to do what he's called us to do. It's time to take our time and make sure we're staying in close contact with our God. You see, it may not go with what other people tell you to do, but in confusing circumstances, go to the ruler of confusing circumstances. Slow down. You see, we need to, uh, to ask, you know, do we, do we do that? Do we take time to worship? Now, now, you're here tonight. Everybody pat yourself on the back if you can reach back there, okay? You're not doing it. There you go, okay? 
my question is, what does it take for you to miss a worship service? There were three Texas guys. They were flying to Washington, D.C. for a promise keepers meeting. <clears throat> and when they got to, from Texas to over Mississippi, their plane went kaput, kaput, and they crash landed on a highway and left parts of the plane a couple hundred yards down the road. But uh, none of them were hurt. So they said, well, God must want us to still go to the thing. So they rented a car and drove to Washington and came back and cleaned up the mess that they had left behind. But nothing would keep them because they were sure that God wanted them at that meeting for that worship service in Washington, D.C. It was the standing in the gap uh, promise keeper service in Washington when the men from all over the nation came and stood in the gap in prayer and praise to God. And we need to ask, what uh, is our determination to worship? Whether it's at home, or whether it's at church, or whether it's somewhere else. What keeps us from worshiping? What circumstance will be enough to stop our worship? And we need to ask that very seriously and see, do we, do we stand up or do we drop out when things get tough? Do we worship in the midst of adversity? Do we worship when we're confused? God, I was just doing what you told me, and this isn't working right. In our minds. Do we stop worshiping? So the first thing to do. If you're confused by circumstances. Is find your hidey hole. And start worshiping. Get along with God and worship. The second thing. We should wait. When confused by circumstances. And Look at verses 9. And we'll go, go towards the end of the passage. It says. So Abraham journeyed. Still going on towards the south. All these other things have been going on. Now, there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass, when he was close to any of the land, he said, Sarai, his wife, Sarai, indeed, I know you are a good-looking woman. No, he said, a beautiful woman. And when they see you, they'll say, this is his wife, and they'll kill me, but they'll let you live. Please say you're my sister, and that's the plan that they hatched, and that's the plan that they followed. <clears throat> but you see, we need to understand that when we're confused by the circumstances, we should wait. The principle is waiting. I don't know about you, but waiting is not something I like to do. Waiting is not popular in American Christianity. When you pull through the drive through fast food, it's supposed to be ready. You're not supposed to say, pull up to slot one. No, that's a good way to look at it, but that doesn't, that doesn't help me at all. That's a positive way to look at it. Somebody's always got to be positive. That's good. Makes you feel better about your food? It doesn't me. If I wanted to, if I wanted good warm food, I'd sit down somewhere. If I want fast food, I want it now. But we need to understand that waiting is a principle that we need to understand. See, scripture says that they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall rise up as eagles on eagles' wings. But waiting is not something that you do. You need to understand why you wait, that's hard work, because waiting involves prayer. It involves Bible study. It involves trust. It involves faith. Okay? Waiting is more than just sitting there twiddling your thumbs saying, me, oh my, what am I going to do? It's seeking the Lord. And we're supposed to seek him while, we, while he may be found. But the problem is this. Abraham, Abram didn't wait. For one of the few times in his life, he rushed ahead. He didn't wait on God. He ran to Egypt. And it was almost a disaster. Like we read, Abraham was afraid. Think about it. 
He followed God to this new land. It's full of these warlike people. He followed him. All the best grazing land is gone. It's claimed. He followed him. And as soon as he gets there, there's nothing to eat. And he brought his family to this place, God. Are you real? And I think he became afraid. He took his eyes off the one who had called him and on to the circumstances. And when you take your eyes off Jesus or I take my eyes off Jesus and we look at the circumstances, fear can set in. And fear, when fear comes in, faith goes out the door. You either have faith or you have fear. You don't have both. And they do not mingle. And we need to ask, are we allowing fear to take control? He was afraid. And I don't think ever before he was afraid. And so he and Sarah, I wanted to say, are not forthcoming. They lied. This is my sister. This is my sister. About their relationship. Uh, And she was taken into Pharaoh's house. If you didn't realize that, she was taken into Pharaoh's harem. Okay, so bad things could have happened. And uh, then they're forced to leave. Okay, you say, well, what's so bad about that? They got out of there and, and got a little bit of stuff and do that. Okay. Does anybody remember who Abram's first child was? Ishmael. And do you remember what what Ishmael's mama's name was? Do you remember where she was from? Now, Ishmael grows up and he's driven out because he wasn't the child of promise. And all Ishmael's descendants are going to be Arabs and they're going to fight all of Isaac's descendants who is the child of promise. If he hadn't have gone down there and, and was confused by circumstances, if he had just trusted God, how much heartache for that family would have not existed? See, God knows what he's doing, and sometimes we're confused by circumstances, and confused by circumstances means we're supposed to worship, but it also means we're supposed to wait. Wait on God. Listen, God tells you to go a direction. We're supposed to keep going that direction until he tells us to change that direction. He had said, you're where I want you to be. And he said, there's no food. I'm going to Egypt. There's food down there. And all that happened later in his family, all that turmoil could have been avoided if he would have trusted God and not gone to Egypt. You see, we need to understand that. Uh, It's sort of like uh, rescuers that uh, rescue people that get lost like in the mountains when they're hiking and stuff. They say the first thing you do when you notice you're lost is sit down and stay put. So what's the first thing they tell you? Let's, let's say it again because some in the back are not getting this. Sit down and stay put. And they say that, that 90% of the time that does not happen because they're confused and so they run. And then they're really confused and they run more. And they run as fast as they can, as long as they can. And then they're really lost. And when rescuers try to find them, they know what area they should be in, but they've ran out of the area. You see, sometimes it's a matter of waiting for the proper help to arrive. And we need to ask, you know, do we wait on God? Do we uh, say, I'm confused and I'm going to do it my own way, or Lord, this will fix the problem and we're going to go this direction, I hope you'll bless it, or do we do what God says, which is worship and wait? The third thing we're supposed to do 
is work. Because Abram leaves here and he leaves with his possessions and he leaves and he starts doing what God wants him to do as he goes back through the land and he begins to see what God is up to. You see, there's a time to worship, there's a time to wait, and there's a time to work. And working in God's kingdom means we have a direction and we're going that direction until God tells us to change direction. We're not going to do that. We're not going to change that direction. We wait on him and we get to work on his kingdom priorities. You see, <clears throat> we need to understand that, that uh, all the things that's been happening in our church are trying to distract us from what God wants to do in our church. They're bad things. Everybody say those are bad things. They're hurtful things. They're awful things. But God's still at work. And he expects us to worship him, to wait on him, and to work with him. Abraham did and was blessed in the end. In all, every single promise God made him, God was doing it. Isaac's finally done. After Isaac uh, comes Jacob and Esau. But see, Abraham had to follow in faith, never seeing them fully possess the land because it was 430 years after those that the Egyptians let the Jewish people go because God delivered them with Moses and they came back and conquered the land. But every promise God kept. So you find those promises of God. You worship, you wait, and you work because he'll keep every single one. So when you're confused by circumstances, you try to do God's will, worship. Find a place to worship. Okay? Here is great, but you need to be doing it at home too. Find a place to wait. Don't ask me to wait with you. I'm, I'm teasing. Okay? Because I've got to wait too. Okay? And then... Look around and see where God wants you to be working and get, get to work. Because those things will help us when we're confused by circumstances to find and do God's will and be in the center of that will. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe tonight you're in the midst of a confusing circumstance, but you really want God's will to be done. You want to turn it over to him so you come to this altar and lay those circumstances down. Maybe you need to come in rededication. Maybe you need to come to join this church. Okay, maybe you need to come to accept Christ as Savior. But whatever God wants you to do, now's the time to do it. If he's been speaking to your heart and speaking into your life, then he has something for you to do. So do it publicly. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have a hymn of invitation. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for what you're about in our lives. Thank you for uh, loving us and blessing us and leading us and, and caring for us and providing for us. But Lord, we want to be in the center of your will. And sometimes the circumstances are very confusing. So Father, help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Help us to wait on you till we hear from you. And help us to work in your kingdom in a way that will glorify Jesus. These things I pray in his name. Amen.